Hi guys, welcome to the Powerful AF Podcast. My name is Bracey Dutton and I share on the internet how I healed my food addiction by ditching toxic thoughts and ingredients. This podcast is all about empowering you with the knowledge to get on the other side of food addiction. A lot of it has to do with food and a lot more of it has to do with healing our mindset. We'll talk about healing trauma, getting rid of those nasty limiting beliefs that are holding us back and how to fully step into your power and own your life. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, keep listening. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. I wanted to pop in and let you know that this episode will be a two-part episode. You're about to listen to part one, and this is a conversation with my friend Rolando. It is so good. There's so many nuggets in here, and my hope is that you have so many ahas. We're having a conversation about how we become addicted to our limiting beliefs that keep us safe and comfortable, and how to get out of your own way. So I cannot wait to hear what you guys think of this, and we'll get started. All right, we are live. We're recording. I am so excited because this is episode number three. And I finally have a guest on here. That's been my intention the whole time is to have as many guests as possible and for me to not be speaking by myself. And I'm so excited for my first guest. So, a little bit about who I'm talking with. This is my friend Rolando, and he's joining us today to have a conversation about self-sabotage and why the hell we're always getting in our own way. Um, I know Rolando from the trainings that I'm always talking to you guys about called Redesign. He has he um, runs the nonprofit called Healing Angels that puts on the redesign trainings. It's a transformational training that I've been through and I talk about it all the time and I recommend it to everyone. But we're just going to have a super, um, let's see, how do I describe it? Surface level conversation compared to what happens in the trainings. We're not giving anything away because it's an experience that you guys have to have. But he made a post in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in, and it was talking about being addicted to certain ways that we show up in our life, certain things that keep us comfortable. And so we're going to dive deeper into that conversation. As soon as I saw that, I was like, Rolando, please come on my podcast and have this conversation because I talk about food addiction and I talk about other addictions and I talk all the time how it has such little to do with food and so much to do with mindset. So we're going to have a conversation about how to get out of your own way. And I hope that you have a lot of ahas through this conversation. So I'm going to allow Rolando to share about himself, more of his story, his journey with healing. He is a healer and he can talk about how he does that work as well. And we're going to have a lot of conversation about getting to the root of our stuff that we deal with and um, holistic healing and all of that. So Rolando, let us know. I can't wait myself to hear more about your story and your background. So who are you? Well, First of all, thank you, Bracey, for having me here. Um, like, like you said, my name is Rolando. I am a massage therapist by trade. I've been doing this work since, uh, wow, 2001. And 
from massage therapy evolved into other practices like craniosacral therapy, Qigong. And in 2016 is when I did my trainings with a different company back then. And since then, it not only did it blow my mind in how I was being or how I was showing up in the world so that my life was that way, but it also gave me a sense of like a higher sense of purpose to be involved in the trainings and then also to bring this awareness and this discoveries that I made for myself into my work and see how I can combine two um, both on the massage table and, uh, and, you know, going back to coaching and all that. So since 2016, I've been heavily involved with that to the point that at that point, I had already declared that I was going to create a nonprofit organization to provide, you know, holistic services and education and all that uh, to people who couldn't afford it. And 2019 is when we had it happen. 2019 is when we created the Healing Angels organization. And then when COVID happened, uh, we were offered the, the opportunity of running our own transformational training. And we, we were all like, yes, absolutely. It perfectly matches what we're doing with Healing Angels. So, so we did it. And that's how the redesign training started in 2020. And it's even though I've been in the work since 2016, every single time I still have new awareness. There's always a next level of like aha moments for me and new breakthroughs and new um, goals or, or like I keep reaching further each time, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So what do you, what's most fulfilling about working with other people so you've done the work on yourself what do you find you enjoy about helping other people heal uh, <laughs> like how did you get called to this work I guess is my question how where did that come from okay <laughs> well how much time do we have <laughs> um <laughs> Because it actually started when I was little and I'm going to say maybe four or five, six years old, somewhere around there. My mom would ask me to rub her feet or rub her neck, rub her back, something like that, because, you know, she worked and when she came, she was exhausted. So she would ask me and and I would do it, you know, and it would take me, I don't know, maybe three hours to rub her feet because I didn't know what I was doing. But she was like, oh, I feel so much better. And that for me, it was like, wow, I did something good for my mom, you know, and I felt good about it. As I grew up, I actually, once I started working, I, I had many different jobs, but it was, there was always this sense of, hey, maybe massage therapy is an, an option for me. I didn't actually know that massage therapists existed until maybe I'm gonna say 1996, actually 1995, because I had a car accident, went to a chiropractor, and in the chiropractor's office, I met a massage therapist, and and I was like, wow, okay, I I didn't know this was a thing, 
And she, uh, she, I asked her a few questions and she told me how the career was and what the requirements were. At that point, I didn't think it was for me because I was like, oh, to learn anatomy and musculoskeletal anatomy, I was just turned off by it. But as the years went on, by 1998, I was like, I really want to do this. And if I need to learn anatomy and physiology, then so be it. I know I hated it in high school, but you know, I, I needed, I need to know this if I'm going to be working on human bodies. So okay. I, I went to school and it was from day one. I remember the teacher started talking about how the cells are, you know, the, the smallest form of, of, of living tissue in an organism in an organism and then from the cell we have tissues and then the tissues form organs and the organs form systems and then the system forms an organism and that's a human being and I was holy crap I love this and I fell in love with actually learning about how the body works and and even the things that we don't know about the body and I got so curious about it and I think it's that curiosity that I still maintain with my clients. So even when somebody says, I have X, Y, and Z, I'm like, all right, tell me more. Tell me like, how do you sleep? How do you eat? Let's see how you walk. And uh, have you had any accidents? Has, has anything significant happened in your life? And I'm looking always at the root. So fast forward to when I do the trainings, I found how how for me it's like it connected the physical and the mental to where um where the root the root comes for many many issues yeah and that for me was mind-blowing but it was also inspiring because some of the blockages that i had on the massage table i was able to unblock by simply asking questions, being curious, coming from the, the breakthroughs that I had on my own in the training. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so beautiful. I was literally about to say, so how does this intertwine with like the transformational mindset training? And you answered the question <laughs> because, right, we are a whole being, like our mind, body, soul, it's all connected. And I have this conversation all the time with people in my community, like, healing food addiction or any other addiction or just eating healthier, taking care of yourself. It all starts with your mindset. Like, how are you treating yourself? What are the thoughts you're thinking? What are beliefs that you carry with yourself that maybe were developed from a young age? Like we, we get to look at the whole picture. And I feel like as a society, we've kind of been trained to just like treat the symptoms rather than get to the root cause of the problem. And why do you think it is that people are so scared to go there? Because even if someone comes to me and they're, they're like, I want help. I want to get better. I want to heal this addiction. And then I, I call them out on something. And then it's like, they're, they're like, Oh no, like I'm good. <laughs> like, what is it? What is it? Because I've always been super open to it. And I find that some people, although they want to get better, they're just terrified to go to that deeper space. So for me, there's, that's a two part 
answer. Okay. Because one, one thing, and this is something that I've noticed a lot in people when I'm working with them. And then, like I said, you know, like I have a, a, a deeper conversation rather than I have carpal tunnel syndrome or I have headaches or I have lower back pain sciatica. It's more like, uh, tell me more about your story. Tell me more about your history. Tell me more about your past so that I can have a clearer picture of what is going on in the body, in the mind, in the emotions, in the energy. And then as we release that, then healing will happen, right? And I've noticed that, like you said, not everybody's ready for that. Not everybody's ready to have that kind of conversation. So I'll, I'll ask and I'll be upfront since the beginning. I'll say something like, um, I, is it okay if I ask you a personal question? Is it okay if I ask you about this? Is, is it okay or whatever? And sometimes I'll even say something to the, ex, uh, along the lines of, um, uh, I've noticed that in people, sometimes where there's trauma, whether it's like physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, or something like that, this can show up mm. in the body in a physical form. If you think that this is something that applies to you, we don't necessarily need to talk about details, but it would be important for me to know that something did happen. Yeah. And it, it's not uncommon for people to get teary-eyed as we have that conversation. And there are people that are ready to go there, ready to like, yes, this is what happened, you know, and, I want to heal and let's, let's, let's go. Let's dive into whatever it is. And then there are people that will say, mm, that's something I'd rather not talk about. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we'll simply do the work that you want to go, like as far as you want to go. Yeah. And it's basically everything in between that. Yeah. So what if someone is open and, but also seems like, they're blocked in a way of not being able to pinpoint why they're getting in their own way. So say like, I'm so ready. I I'm ready to heal. I'm an open book. Like I'll, I'll do whatever you say. And then there's just still something else getting in the way. I, I noticed that a lot, even for myself, it's like, I so badly want to, you know, get on the other side or of this thing I'm struggling with or, um, you know, have a better relationship with my kids or stay consistent with my daily exercise. And then yet again, I don't follow through. And I, I feel like this is where the conversation comes in of like, if we want it and we say we want it, why are we not doing it? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, I, I hear it talked about as self-sabotage or um, it's honestly feels like I'm not in control. Like something mm. else is running or making the decisions. People will say this all the time. Like, especially if they're struggling with food addiction, they're like, it's not me driving to the drive-thru. Like, I feel like I don't have control. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an interesting conversation. And that's why it feels like maybe we're not just addicted to food, but there's just something else running us. This is where the transformational work came in 
and illuminated a lot of that for me. And not just for me personally, but like I said, like with the people that I've coached and people that I've like teams that I've participated in and everything that I believe that we become addicted to our self-limiting beliefs. And so if I, for example, if I have a self-limiting belief of I am unlovable, nobody can love me the way I am or something like that, something along the lines. And my wife says, I love you. I'm not really going to hear it like she loves me. I'm going to hear, what does she want? You know, I'm going to hear, she probably wants me to cook tonight. Or, uh, you know, did I forget to take out the trash? (laughs) You know, there may be something of like, I'll analyze the hell out of it simply because she said, I love you, and I can't allow myself to believe it. So in a way, we, we become addicted to our self-limiting beliefs that are at our core. And like you said, they're running almost like an app on a phone that even if you close the app, will minimize the app, yeah. right? But you haven't really closed. It's still running in the background. Mm-hmm. It's, um, as, as we did in the training, it's, it's like the operating system. Yeah. And it becomes the operating system. Mm. Um, and then, oh, I actually didn't didn't give you the second part to the answer. <laughs> okay, perfect. To um, it was because um, from what you asked me, one of the things that I noticed in this was on in, in my work uh, as a massage therapist is that we actually become identified with the pain that we have Mm. with suffering with the injury with the trauma whatever it is we make it our identity Mm. and so if you say you come in and you're like I have this pain I want you to correct it I go like first session second session third session to start getting better you'll start coming you'll Mm. you'll stop coming and there's always something like oh hey you know like they give me a different schedule at work or my tire or whatever I'm not saying those things are not real like those things do happen but then there's not the the urge of like I got a flat tire can we reschedule for tomorrow it's like hey I got a flat tire I'll let you know when I can come back and that that either never happens or it happens like three months later and I've noticed that most of those times is because they become attached or identified with that pain, with that suffering. And even though they say they want to let it go, it's hard because it's who they feel that is who they are and they don't know who they are without it. And it's scary because if, if you don't know who you are without the pain, then how do you show up? What do you talk about? What are the things that you're going to do in this new life without that pain, without the trauma, suffering, everything? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes total sense because I've, I've no, I've had those realizations in myself in the ways that I show up, and mine is very much like uh, feeling unworthy. So, like you said. <laughs> if someone says I love you or like tells me how great I am, my immediate 
thought is like you're lying like that's not true there's <laughs> and it's not even necessarily conscious and that was going to be my next question for you of like how much of this is conscious or is it just literally a program that we don't even realize is happening most of the time like for the person who starts to feel better and stops coming to their appointments in my opinion it's unconscious yeah it's unconscious they're not even aware that it's happening there it's just maybe they feel uncomfortable like for example let's say that my wife looks at me in a loving way and i'm like what are you looking at why are you looking at me like that you know instead of being present to like oh wow she's looking at me let me just connect for a moment you know but if there's a limiting belief of me being unlovable the moment she looks at me that way i'm just going to react unconsciously you know not like i'm processing the whole thing does that make sense yeah for sure so what do you feel is like to be like okay i can maybe consider that because what something else i love about the training is which makes total sense and you see it in like personal development conversations all the time is like if you look at the results in your life that's an indicator of how you're showing up so when when we have the conversation with when i have the conversation in my community where it's like well i'm not getting the results that i want and then i'm saying well what are you thinking about what are what's your inner dialogue look like what are your conversations with other people looking like are you complaining a lot are you talking shit to yourself all the time like every time you don't do something you call yourself bad or wrong or a, or a, something I find often and that I think is the number one thing that comes up in my community is this fear of failure because they've tried tried so many times and then they fail every time. So then eventually they're like, well, what's the point? Like, why even keep trying? And then they're like in this state of paralysis. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I literally just heard this from somebody calling somebody out on that. Because what this guy said was, I'm just afraid of failure. And like, for me, I think it's fear of failure. And he said, the other guy said, dude, you're already failing. Yeah. So you're not afraid of failing. You're afraid of succeeding. Yeah. That's such an interesting notion because like, why would I be afraid of succeeding? Of course I want to succeed. Like explain that to me, Rolando. What the hell? <laughs> well, I think it's Marianne Williamson that says uh, our deepest fear is not that we're weak. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. And so we fear our own capabilities we fear our own power like how far we can really go so we become afraid of succeeding because like I, I don't know how powerful I can be I'd rather stay comfortable in this place where I know I, if I do this I fail if I do this I fail I, well I'm just gonna stay here mm. just constantly failing rather than challenging myself to succeed yeah yeah, that's, it's so interesting. For me, it's like, I've noticed 
this very much like all or nothing mentality. And I, I know people can relate to it too, where it's like, well, if I can't succeed, why even try? Or if I can't do it exactly the way I want it to look tomorrow, then I just don't even want to try. And, but we also have this desire inside of us to be more and do more and grow. So it's like, I feel like a crazy person sometimes because it's like one part of me is like, we want this, we want to grow, we want to do. And then the other side's like, no, we're good. Like stop trying so hard. So I don't know. I, and I know for me too, especially my whole entire life up until the past like four months, I was just so concerned about what other people thought of me. Like Mm. that's been the biggest thing for me and in the overcoming and seeing what is possible. So what would you say to that? Like what, I don't know. I know we talked about the different limiting beliefs and weight things that are holding us back. Let's dig into some of those things that you see show up for people. And what, what do you see being the root and how do you uncover that and start to overcome it? I would say that the first thing is to become aware of what are the possible roots to it. Um, because there is a, I would say like an innate fear that drives us to survival rather than you know thriving. Mm. In, in this survival, which in the, in, in the case of like our, the situation that happened in our childhood and that we feel threatened by, we become like, we start protecting ourselves from situations that can further threaten us. And so in that survival, it may show up in different ways. It may show up as like, if for example, my parents, I'm giving us an example, not that my parents did this, but let's say that my parents uh, made me a bad person every time I made a mistake and made it a big deal, then I'm going to avoid at all costs to be wrong, Mm -hmm. right? And so the moment something happens, let's say my wife says like, hey, did you take out the trash? I'm like, well, why didn't you take out the trash? Why do I have to be the one to take out the trash? You know, rather than owning, oh, crap, I forgot, I may get defensive just because I don't want to be in the wrong, right? So like, well, why don't you take it out sometimes? What does it have to be me all the time, right? Or, or, or like, well, if you saw it, if you knew that I didn't take it out, why did you wait until now? It, like all this confrontation just from wanting to avoid being wrong and being right. Um, another thing is, um wanting to be accepted wanting to be liked if we feel that we don't fit in if we feel that um that that we're different from everyone then that also drives the bus it drives our actions in a way that we'll do things or avoid doing things in order to be liked by others I feel like that is like a huge one, especially in the age of social media. And it's, it's almost like it's plaguing. I feel like our, 
our society because it's it's constant and how do you escape it is the answer literally just like not getting on social media or for me isn't it like an innate human need to be like in community or like to be accepted or there's something deeper there right and like how do you how do you use that in a healthy way (laughs) right for me I have found people to surround myself with that do lift me up and see the good parts of me which is what I love about the redesign community. And at the same time, I still notice myself like desiring that outside acceptance. So where's like the fine line between it's, it's a human need and there's a healthy way. And then how do we escape the toxicity of constantly comparing ourselves and feeling like we're not good enough when it's just in our face all the time on social media? What are your thoughts on to that? Me- yeah, to me, that's where it becomes a distinction of trying to fit in versus being where I belong, mm. being with the people where I belong. So if I'm trying to fit in, I'm going to do the things that other people are doing mm-hmm. just to be accepted, just to fit in with this group. Instead of being myself, I show up myself 100% authentic. And whoever aligns with it will surround me. And then I find the people that I belong with. I find my tribe. And I think that so many of us try to fit in versus trying to find where we belong because it's in a way easier, but actually it takes a lot more work because they're like, oh, well, they do that. Like they play soccer. They like sports. They like cars. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that too but they really don't like it. Maybe they like arts instead. Yeah. And so if they do that, they're like, they're just forcing themselves into a group, a group of people, a community that is not really theirs. Does that make sense? For sure. At least for me, that becomes more toxic, toxic than, you know, being you and and see who aligns with you. Yeah. And that is, that is one of the number one things I'm working to show people is like, literally, if you do nothing else in this life, it's just be yourself, like be in alignment with yourself. But I feel like we're so disconnected. Most of us don't even know what that is anymore. So I have found ways to get connected like you know disconnecting from my phone and just being present and people get really uncomfortable when I tell them to just like sit with themselves or like (laughs) meditate or just be quiet so how how would you say we can ease ourselves into like getting in alignment with ourselves and what we really want because Based on what I've read and heard and listened to, any time that we're experiencing unpleasant, either physical or mental um, symptoms, it's almost it's almost always because we're just out of alignment with ourselves, like our our desires and what feels good to us, and because we're just constantly like trying to please everyone else or trying to be who we think the people want us to be or Um, working jobs that we're not even happy at because 
X, Y, Z. Like there's just so many things. And I'm like, I can only help you so much until you can get to know yourself because that's where all the answers are, are within Mm -hmm. you. And I think we just like, don't trust ourselves. And we're like, there's no way. And like, is it really me or is it my ego? Like, what would you say to someone who's just totally disconnected? They've lost themselves and they really want to find their way. Well, the first thing I would say is, uh, of course, the trainings do support with that because I've met a lot of people that came to trainings who had no idea what they wanted in life because they didn't really know themselves that way. And in this way, they, they were able to discover really who they are and what they stand for and what they want to create in the world. <clears throat> but then also, aside from that, there's a couple of things that I discovered on the massage table. And that is that there are a lot of people that are disconnected, literally physically disconnected from themselves. Like, it's almost like they live in their head, but from the neck down, they can't feel a thing. And um, so in, there's, there's, a lot, uh, there's a lot of value in discovering what their bodies really feel like, what every single body part feels like. And um, <clears throat> really connecting with that. Are there any emotions that are trapped in there that need to be released? And that going back to what you were asking me earlier about like, why is it that people don't, don't go there? Uh, a lot of people are afraid that they're going to relive the experience. And but in the years that I've been doing this, they don't really relieve the experience. It's more like the emotion, it's released and then there's peace. So, um, so I would say that that is also something that can support like getting in touch with their bodies. And, and it can be by doing yoga. It can be by receiving massage or body work. It can be by doing exercise and, or even taking a bath, taking a hot bath. Um, I have a friend who said, I don't know if she, if she still says it, but she used to say that she hates hot baths. And one of the reasons I make up that she hates hot baths is because she was disconnected from her body. And so she wasn't able to experience the warmth, the bubbles, the whatever. Like for her, it was just like, I'm just sitting in hot water. And it just, yeah. it sucks. <laughs> That's how pe- I have people are like, you know, meditation's just not for me. Or, and I'm like, there's no way. You're just resisting something. You're, in my experience, and I, meditation was super hard for me at first too, because I'm like, this is weird. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting here with myself. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've just uh- always been distracted we're just always distracting ourselves that's exactly it in my opinion why some people don't want to do meditation because they're sitting with themselves and a lot of them are avoiding experiencing themselves and that is like the answer to all of your problems (laughs) like (laughs) and i would say this like heal your relationship with yourself like that is what it is learn and it's so sounds so cliche like learn how to love yourself and you have to love yourself before you can love anything else but it does go so much deeper than that it's like healing it's getting to to the root of what's really going on and understanding that at one point 
you were a victim to something probably, or you experienced something really crappy, or it could be something so small, like a kid on the playground said they didn't want to play with you. And then you decided that you're unworthy. Like it, and it could be something much bigger too. Um, and if you can allow yourself, I would say another question for you too, is like, I feel like we don't know how to feel our feelings and that's why we like numb out on the phone or the food or the alcohol or whatever it is. And then that becomes our identity is like whatever the thing is we're addicted to the substance. So it's like, we're addicted. We don't want to feel the crappy feeling that we feel. So then we find a way to escape that crappy feeling. When, when you finally come out of that, you realize that the way, the thing you're using to escape is just making the problem bigger. So it's like, how long until you feel safe with yourself? Like, have you noticed in, of like how long it takes for you to consistently work to where eventually it's not so scary to like feel your feelings and be present with yourself? Well, the first thing I will say to that is you can't heal what you don't feel. Mm. So... If a person is unable or unwilling to feel their feelings, to experience their emotions, then healing won't take place until they open themselves to that. Because um, wait, repeat the question for me. <laughs> I would say like, so someone's, you know, I'm ready to do the work. I'm, I'm willing to do the meditation and stuff. Have you noticed, like, for people who actually are open and are doing the work, is there a general timeline to where it gets easier? It's not as it's not as scary. It's not as hard. Or, or your personal experience to feel your feelings and to be present with yourself. Do you notice like how long it would take for someone to start noticing a difference, and what differences to maybe look out for? Because I work with people and I notice differences in them, but they're like, no, I, I'm not noticing enough. Here's, okay, so here's what I'll say to that. It's um, like 20 questions in one, but whatever. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> but I, I, I got sidetracked with my answer, my own answer. But so here's the thing. Um, here's what I'll say to that. It, I don't think that there's a set time of how long it takes, but there is a, um, a willingness that needs to come from the person. And in order to get to that point, either they will realize, no, yeah, I would say they need to realize what it's costing them. Mm. Because for as long as they don't realize what it's costing them, they're just going to continue with the behavior, with the, you know, ways of being, with the addiction, with whatever it is, you know, in order to avoid experiencing their pain. But the moment they realize that, holy crap, the, the holy crap, like this is costing me my job, this is costing me my health, this is costing me my relationships, this is costing me my family. And they're either at the risk or they have already lost all of it. There's two things that can happen. One, they will make a conscious decision of like, yes, I want to heal this. Now I see that I, I have a, a bad deal here. <laughs> that what it's costing me is not worth what I'm getting back, right? Or they can also just continue to be right 
and be like, all right, well, screw it. I'll just continue down this way and it can become fatal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a super unfortunate part because I mean, I feel like, especially with addiction, it, it can become fatal in overindulging on whatever you're addicted to. And then mentally, right? Like if, if you're harboring these feelings and emotions, a sickness occurs and that's, that's where the sickness comes from. And I feel like we think we're like invincible and that could never happen to us. <clears throat> and I tell people, I'm like, you don't have to hit rock bottom to start to start shifting. All right, guys, that concludes part one of this two-part podcast episode. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Um, At the end of part two, you guys will hear more about how to connect with Rolando or how to learn more about the redesign trainings that we mentioned. But as always, I am so proud of you for showing up for yourself today and listening to this podcast and being willing and open to do the deep work. It takes a super powerful, vulnerable, strong person to be on this journey. And I'm so honored to be on this journey with you. If you want extra support and you're not yet a part of our healing food addiction community, that is always an option for you. No matter where you are in your journey, you're welcome. Your ticket into the community is by downloading the guide to healing food addiction, which I will link below in the show notes. And I'll also provide another link that shows you more ways to work with me. Or if you really just want to get your feet wet, you can download my free offer, which is a clean eating Um, little shopping guide for the grocery store. So there's several ways to enter the community and support is the biggest, most fundamental, important piece of the journey, in my opinion. So you're always welcome to the community and I'm always here for you. Happy healing.